is now being recorded. John Major. Uh, John, let's talk USC offense versus Ohio State defense. And before we do it, I want to throw out just a couple numbers here. Uh, they are the only team in the top ten nationally in both total defense and rush defense. That rush defense number only giving up 108 yards a game. That's what really jumps out to me. Six of the last eight games, they have not allowed a team over 100 yards rushing. Uh, it starts up front with them. They have a very impressive front with a lot of big, all Big Ten performers. Yeah, yeah, Gary. All four, all four of their starters are either first or second team all Big, all Big Ten. Um, four, four starting defensive linemen. The other thing I'll throw out a, a number for you is 11 of the 22 starters on offense and defense are grad college graduates. So, so you have a, you, you, this isn't not a freshman and sophomore team. This is the guys that have been around a long time, gotten our academic work done. And for the most part, a very smart, smart defense. They have three players that are either all Big Ten on the all Big Ten all academic team, or mm-hmm. uh, their safety Jordan Fuller is an academic All American. So um, we don't have that on our side of the ball. So um, that's that's something that is impressive. Now both teams are eleven and two. So does that matter or does that not? I'm not sure. Really sure because the data will tell you maybe it doesn't. Right. So. But when you combine a, a veteran team with you know, a veteran coaching staff, I think that's one of the things if you're looking at this matchup. You have Urban Meyer and his staff of veteran coaches versus a, a fairly new staff in Clay Helton coming together. So yeah, I, these yeah. things are adding up. You know, you talk to a lot of the guys, interior guys, you know, guys that played in the interior, offensive line, linebackers, defensive line, and they, they always talk about, you hear the term big man on big man. Well, I, you know, from a, a quarterback's perspective, my perspective, I was like, big man on big man, yeah, sure. But it's big man on big man and big coaches and big schemes. So, I mean, they have Greg Schiano, who's a great, very successful head coach in college at Rutgers. Um, coached in the NFL as a head coach and uh, probably should be the Tennessee head coach. And on the other side right. of the ball, Ken Wilson, who was the head coach also. So, he, Urban Meyer gets really good coaches in there and he has the confidence to let them coach. He's not worried threatened by, you know, uh, you know, bringing someone in that might, might try to do a power, be a power struggle guy or whatnot. So he lets them coach, and he watches them closely. And they're very well coached, and you can tell they communicate very well. They're rarely out of position, and it translates into the success they've had, not just this year, but over the entire career of uh, Urban Meyer at Ohio State. It's interesting you mentioned that big man on big man and big schemes. In breaking this thing down, you're so impressed on both sides of the line how veteran they are. 120 combined starts on that defensive line, an even bigger number on the offensive line. Uh, but, John, as we start to break this down, I really look at it on both sides of the ball, I think, the big plays from the wide receivers in the passing game as being something that is going to be the hidden element of this game. The trenches are going to be important, but let, let, let's start to look at these matchups as you're going along. Let's start with Sam Darnold versus yeah. this defense. Uh, that's the best weapon the Trojans are throwing out there. It gives you the most comfort. Well, I can I can tell you, you know, when you mention receivers, the first thing they're going to see, especially uh, in, in the widest guys, so the, the, the wides on the line are going to see, the on each side of the ball, they're going to see a corner in their face. Okay, so they're going to play – and their base defense is two across, I mean, two deep, man across. So they'll put the corners on the receivers right in their face, and then the slot guys will have the – their man coverage guy will be will be off a bit, and that's kind of their base defense. They rush four, two linebackers, and two high safety. They love to play two high safety, even in run situations where it gives them 
a disadvantage in numbers because they are confident in their speed being able to come up and make plays even though they're giving away a guy um, up front in the run game. Um, the key for Sam, the receivers, will be can you get release from those man coverage? Can you, can you run good routes? Can you get separation? Um, one thing uh, I've seen some teams do that have been able to do, they've, they've motioned guys across the line of scrimmage, got them out in the flat quick, and, you know, the, the guy running across with him, he's man coverage, right? He's got to follow him across the line of scrimmage. He's got to get there. And sometimes they, they've had success getting the ball to the guy out in the flat or turning it up before his cover guy can catch up to him. So things like that where you're trying – and a lot, of, a lot of crossing off the line of scrimmage where the slot guy and the X, the receiver on the line of scrimmage will cross – try to get a natural pick, and free a guy. All those things to try to loosen and get some separation from the tight man coverage that Ohio State loves to do. And also Sam's ability to extend plays kind of makes it really tough on man coverage because they, you can only run with a guy so long before he's probably going to get free. So so those two elements, will, will, will if, they can, if they can execute them, will offer a lot of success for our offense. And then talk about how much uh, the, the, the Trojan tailbacks out of the backfield. You've got a healthy Rojo and Stephen Carr right now, both of those guys available. Talk about how you can see mixing the passes to the tailbacks in there. Well, uh, two things. I mean, I think the, uh, as far as the run game goes, I think the inside run game is probably where you're, you're – they really, they really set the edge nicely. They have, they, 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 they have wide tackles on wide defensive ends, and they're kind of challenged. They're kind of saying, we're going to take away the outside run inside. And we're, we're going to have the linebackers that are going to come up and stop you, or we're going to we're going to jam it up with our defensive ends, so our defensive tackles. So, um, but what they seem to be very vulnerable um, to, and you saw this against uh, uh, Oklahoma and Michigan, play action and play action, especially to either tight ends or um, backs coming out of the backfield behind the linebackers in front of those two high safeties that will be getting depth at the, at the snap. So there's that area in the middle of the field that's very vulnerable, and they've shown vulnerability to it. They have not the, – the, the linebackers have frozen to play action um, throughout the year. So that creates opportunities to get the ball to those guys in that little window. But you got to kind of play action, pull it up, and get it out quick. And that's Baker Mayfield had a lot of success with that. And actually, Michigan had a lot of guys open using that same strategy, but um, O'Corn, the quarterback, which is very inaccurate and just throwing balls over their heads or in the ground to wide open guys. So they might have had a, um, a more chance of success against Ohio State in the game uh, a couple of weeks ago or a month ago. And um, they just missed guys and didn't execute. So I think play action, it, it just stares, it just sticks, it just jumps out at you when you're watching the tape. That is an area where we could have a lot of success. That would be nice to see. Let's uh, let's talk about the USC offensive line and their matchup, John. Um, we, we've kind of touched on the fact that this uh, d- defensive front for Ohio State is deep, talented veteran, uh, everything you want. The USC offensive line right now uh, is healthy. Uh, yeah the guys you want to have out there. So this is the best shot that the USC offensive line is going to have. What do they need to do against this defensive line to have success? Well, I think I think one of the hallmarks of the um, Shiano's defense is, you know, they realize Darnold has started, what, 22 or 23 games now and, sure. and had a lot of success, only lost a couple of games as a starter. And he's seen about everything thrown at him, especially in a Pac-12 where, you know, everybody throws the ball. So as far as, uh, as far as coverage schemes, he's seen it all. Um, 
But what they can do, instead of trying to confuse Sam, they can confuse, confuse the guys around him. And so on pass rush, particularly, um, I've watched about two or three teams, Oklahoma, uh, um, Michigan, and Wisconsin, all had a little bit of trouble uh, with the, the, the pickup, not a blitz, because they don't bring secondary guys. They're not going to sneak a safety up and bring them. They're not going to slide a corner in like a Pete Carroll blitz off the boundary and bring him late. They're gonna they're gonna do it with their linebackers. They're gonna they're gonna shoot a gap, but he's gonna shoot a gap from the, you know the left side linebacker will shoot over to the right around the nose guard and force that offside guard to come pick him up. And everybody has had trouble with that. So will our guys be able to pick that up? That's one of their favorite stunts, and um, they've had so much success with it. So we'll see. It's kind of a uh, you know it's kind of like a guy in offense coming across the line of scrimmage or motioning from one side to the other and coming out of the back coming out of the backfield to the other side of the field. The same kind of concept in uh, pass rush and stunt uh, strategy. So um, will our guys be able to see that slide over the center and pick up that linebacker coming up off the opposite gap? Um, and then you know off the edge, just kind of our tackles on their tackles. I mean they have Bosa and. Um, and uh, Sam Hubbard over there on the left side. Okay. And, yeah, and being able to – I mean, those guys are set up wide, and they'll come, and they'll be disciplined, and they won't let you get outside. They're not going to suck in let Sam sneak out outside of him. So um, those are great – those are, uh, you know, things you're going to – Sam's going to have to sit, sit in the pocket, probably have to step up and then slide and find his find his time or bide time to find his guys. So um, I think that's – that sort of uh, just be disciplined in your pass blocking and let Sam do the work uh, when he sees an opportunity to slide or extend a play. Do you foresee any kind of uh, slight adjustments or any kind of difference in strategy just with T. Martin now um, solo calling the plays and Tyson Helton not being there? Any kind of little differences you think we might see? Um, I don't know. I don't know what the dynamics were really. I mean, I think I don't think anybody really knows what was going on with the three of those guys, um, three of the coaches. I, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, it's maybe uh, uh, maybe there's just, hey, this is your game tee. Go ahead and, and do what you need to do. I'm going to stay out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, plays that he says, no, you know, people, it's just, it's just, what is it? You know, office dynamics, right, or workplace environment dynamics where you won't even mention something sometimes because you know someone else is going to shoot it down. It's going to cause a big problem. But it might be the best solution or the best suggestion in the room but you're just staying silent so now there's a, without uh without all those dynamics going on someone says yeah hey, i'm going to run a, i'm just going to go ahead and run this play you know and no one's going to stop me or no one's going to you know raise an objection and so i just right. feel a little more confident a little more loose kind of just just letting the plays that come into my mind that will flow well into the game i'll just go ahead and call them so um, that's what I could see happening, and you know that's probably uh, a good chance of that being true. Okay, let's uh, let's talk here on the topic at, at the end. Here, there is going to be a decision for Sam Darnold coming up uh, after this game in, in terms of staying at USC or possibly looking at the NFL. And you, having once been a USC quarterback, and uh, looking at that kind of decision, just give your thoughts on what you think Sam is uh, looking at right now. <laughs> I was once a USC quarterback, and I'm now, you know, a person in the real world, right? So you have that right. perspective. And I, I say, and I've been saying this to anybody who will listen, is that, um, you know, you go to college to to give yourself a a, a statistical advantage in 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 securing your financial future, right? 
So people that go to college tend to do well over time. People that, that haven't gone to college, statistics show that college would help them do better financially over time. So if you're in college and somebody says in two months or three months, we're going to, we're going to, whatever the bonus number is now, you know, we're going to give you 17, 18 million dollars to sign your name. Um, you know, would any college student on any campus in America say, no, I'm going to wait, a, I'm going to wait a year and see if I can get maybe, you know, 20 million and into a city that I'd rather live in than another city. And I think when you look at it in those terms and from a business term, it just doesn't make any sense to stay behind when somebody's already willing to give that to you now. And you could do calculations like the present value of, of future cash flows or whatnot, and it just does not make any sense to stay behind when somebody's deemed you worthy now. And I look at Jared Goff. That was a classic example um, a couple of years ago. I, I didn't really see him play a lot before he got to his, his last year. And I said, well, okay, this is the name everybody's talking about. So I'm going to go watch him and watch some of his games. And actually, he didn't play well in his big games. He didn't play well against us. He didn't play well against Stanford. Didn't play well against, I think, Washington. All the big matchups they had, there were like four games he didn't play well and he did okay in the other games. I said, oh, that's a guy that could clearly benefit from another year. But the market determined that he was worthy of the first pick already. He didn't need it that other year. For what everybody's talking about, Sam working on the deep ball or working on this, or he loves college football, well, that's great. But no one's going to be there to offer you a gar- the guarantee that he's going to be offered in two or three months. So if something doesn't work out, right, in next year. So – I just think that when you look at it in those terms, it, it's a no-brainer. Now, other people will argue differently. Oh, somebody's having more fun in college. Somebody enjoys the lifestyle. Well, that's that's great, but everybody at some point has to, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that are, are presented to you, and that's what college is about, is learning what those opportunities are and, and seizing them. And so I just think that um, when you consider all that, all those factors, um, that decision would be easy for me, but I'm not them. I'm not him. So we'll see what happens. And for those who can't tell, your your professional career is as a financial guy. You have, that that is like you say, that is the way that you are looking yeah. at it, and that is the way you look at it at this point in your life. Well, you know, I would be I would be uh, Ward, I went to Wharton Business School, and they probably would take my degree away from me if I didn't think that way. So right, <laughs> that's something that I was trained. You know, you 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 think of it in business terms, and you and you lay it down. And you say, okay. Um, I, you know, think of it as a business. If somebody's, if, if someone's looking to invest in your business and, um, and you say, well, you know, I'm going to wait a year, maybe, maybe in a year, give me that money. Um, well, that, a lot of things can happen to your business that, that you may not be, you know, worth that, that your business may decline, the world may change, and that person that was going to give you that money, you call them up and they're not, oh, I'm not interested now. So, um, I just think that, you seize those opportunities when you when they present, and you know you don't have to go much further than look at Matt Barkley and Leinart, and you know they came back and they had the opportunity to leave, and I don't think for those two players it benefited them coming back as far as what were the things factored things we're talking about uh, as far as did they have a great time, did they enjoy that last their last seasons, you know you'd have to ask them that. Um, so uh, I'm just but, but, looking but, but, at but, but, purely that and look at Mark Sanchez who. Yeah passed up the chance to come back because he got he was obviously told correctly, hey, you are going to be a high pick financially. That was a great decision by Mark Sanchez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and exactly. And, you know, in the long run, um, you look back and, you know, when you have a chance to secure your financial future as a college student and you don't have to worry about money, 
the rest of your life. I mean, when you look at it at that point and you can you can go ahead and accept that in two or three months and not have to, you know, wait 12, you know, just from that standpoint alone. Now, if he ends up in, if somebody ends up in Cleveland, they don't want to be there. You know, that's, that's, um, Hey, that's, that's, that changes, right? How many guys stay in Cleveland 15 years? Not long, right? Or any, any NFL city, unless you're Tom Brady. So things change after four years, you could get traded or be a free agent and, and, and pick your city, right? So, um, I don't know. I just think that, uh, I think that the arguments I hear for somebody staying in the case of Sam Darnold working on his long ball, joining college, just don't measure up to the compelling uh, financial package that's laying sitting in front of them. So, um, you know, that's that's the way I, I that's the kind of way I frame these these decisions. And like you say, you're looking at it from one perspective, and then you're talking about the yeah. perspective of a 20-year-old. Uh, yeah. And you were saying emotions don't come into it at one point. Emotions do come well, into it for a 20-year-old. They do come in. They do. I mean, absolutely they do. And they come into it for a family. And they come into it. You know, that, that's, that's the thing that, you know, when you look, that's, that's why you, 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 you um, clarify that it's a financial, when you look at it from a financial or business perspective. The idea is to remove emotions from that. You right. Know? So that's that's kind of why I clarify that. Um, in this it's going to be an interesting decision for Sam. You, you you can tell he yeah. you know this is a kid who has always wanted to be the USC quarterback, um, yeah. and he's done it well for two years. Yeah. Uh, there yeah. there is no doubt about it. <laughs> Everybody's had a dream career, really. I mean, especially if if we go out and, and play like we can and, and win this game. And, um, you know, I mean, could you draw up a better scenario for somebody? You know, I mean, no. Heisman trophies are such a, you know, that's, that's such a, a, everything has to go right. I mean, including the team play around you and mm-hmm. when you, when you have your big games and, you know, what time of the year and all that kind of stuff. So that, that's, that's, that's not something that's realistic to even, to even put down that it wasn't, he wasn't a, you know, didn't have the dream career because he didn't win the Heisman. I don't, I think anybody. And, and really, if you want to talk about that. Outside of having fun, isn't Heisman a national championship the only reasons you would come back to well, chase those two yeah, things? The only thing you could really know is is the person themselves telling you why they came back. I mean, that would be, you know, they would have to tell you why they came back. And I don't, no, I don't, I don't think that that's the only reason. I think that that the thought of that, yes, but um, you know, maybe somebody just 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 thinks about the NFL as being a little overwhelming to them at this point, and and. It may translate as I want to come back and win NAF championship first, but maybe they just at 20 years old you may feel like I need to mature a little bit. I'm not ready to leave yet. I just was in high school three years ago, you know, so that could be it too. But that's not always going to be communicated that way. Right. So, right. Um, I'll give you one last uh, anecdote about uh, uh, one little story about Urban Meyer. My friend went to work for him at University of Florida, and he said, you know, he went there as director of football operations, and he said it was it was. It was sun up to midnight by the time he got home. <laughs> it was, and in the middle of the night, two or three in the morning, he would get a text from Urban, and all it would say was "get players," and he would he would do that routinely, and it was like, oh my god, this guy never stops. And that's his right. mantra is always "get players." So you can see, and you look at his roster, and that that plays out. I mean, that's his focus is getting those players at Ohio State, and uh, right. that just shows you what we're up against this this Friday. That's an interesting story. Uh, yeah, you look yeah. at the roster and there, that you definitely get it. It doesn't take you long to get an appreciation for it. Yeah. He goes, and it's, you know, kind of the Pete Carroll thing, you know, Pete also got players. And then just like Pete, what, what 
what Urban does, coaches them up, and he gets them there. You know, and you right. can watch these guys, and they're so well coached. You could just see, you know, you watch other teams all year long, and then you watch this Ohio State team, especially their defense, and you could just tell how coached up they are on technique, on discipline, on communication, and it, it just stands out versus all these other teams we look at all year. So um, it's going to be a challenge. Pretty impressive stuff. Yeah. Well, let's have a good thanks, one on Gary. Friday night. Yeah, I appreciate you letting me do these uh, podcasts all year. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for your expertise team. on this. Yeah. Let's get a good one yeah. Friday. Okay. Thanks, Gary.